You ready? Nope. I don't have that memorized. You would think I would, but I flipped it for the narration. Okay. Should we just start the whole thing over? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Funky Spunk, where we discuss Sex and the City episode by episode. We are checking out what it means to be a modern woman and what sexuality can be. And all the naughty bits in between. I'm Zimmy, your cultural sex guide. And I am Britt, your super sex positive pop culture geek. And this is Funky Funky Spunk. Spunk. Let's do it to it, honey. (laughs) It looks like a lipstick tube. Okay, episode seven, The Monogamists. Are you ready for this episode? I don't know. Mm. I have some pretty strong feelings. I know. I wondered how we would how we would go down this path. Yeah, well, I have some really strong feelings about this. And even watching the episode today, I was like, ooh, I am not going to be any fun at all. <laughs> so the listeners are going to listen to us actually argue and bicker back and forth. Yeah, maybe. Okay. but That's um, probably enjoyable on some extent, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's get into it. Okay. Let's talk about... Monogamy. Monogamy. Or not to monogamy. Or not to monogamy. I think you lean on the not. Well, let's see it from uh, Carrie's point of view and talk through the episode. Okay, fine. We'll jump into the actual structure of our show. <laughs> okay. Um. So this is episode seven. And here the episode begins with Carrie in that classic first moment of butterflies in the stomach walking down the street. New York City's full of assholes, but not those two. I've, I've been there. I think everyone's been there. Yeah. At least I hope everyone's been there. I hope everyone's been there too because it's a fun few moments. Yeah. Few Mo- moments. Moment. Yeah. Being yeah. the keyword. <laughs> Underscore that. Um, but we then learn that Miranda and the girls haven't heard from Carrie in a long time. We see that because Carrie finally answers the phone to Miranda and Miranda's like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Which honestly, I think I've been on both sides of that phone call. Miranda actually handled it really well. I would have been like, what the fuck? I think Miranda might be a more rational person, maybe? Than myself? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Without denying. Um, But so she goes on to say that like a lot has happened and Carrie has played that boyfriend card too hard, which I think we all know what that feeling looks like. For sure. Um, and so they decide to go to dinner because Big has a dinner thing and suddenly Carrie is free because Big is busy. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even have to get into that. No. <laughs> Fucking classic. <laughs> um, so the Fab Four go to dinner and we learn that Samantha wants a new apartment. We learned that. Did we learn anything new about Miranda? I don't think so. Miranda's just there to give sass and rationality that Zimmy can't handle. I think Miranda was probably just working a lot on her way to being partner, just being a badass babe. Mm, So badass. And then um, the other storyline that we will go down the road of is what's happening to Charlotte. She Mm. found a perfect man. He's got the perfect dog. She's basically engaged. Yeah, she's basically engaged. Except for one thing. Yeah, which is? She won't give head. Turns out the girls all have differing opinions on head and they spend dinner discussing oral sex and I really wish there was a scene where we just saw the waiter overhear something. I, I think I know where you fall on this. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know where she's going, so I don't know where I fall. Have you ever known anyone who just won't do it? 
Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Which I actually uh, fall in line with kind of carry on this, I think. I fully support you not wanting to do it. And I will occasionally order from the menu, but it's not my favorite item. So Charlotte and the perfect man, he goes on this little like he steps up to the pedestal, looks at her and says, you are the woman that I've always been waiting for. You have everything I want. I have never found somebody so sexy, so smart, so funny, charming, blah, 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 which we all have to agree. Charlotte is all those things. Yeah, she's a keeper. Oh, she is the classic definition of a trophy wife. But he keeps like trying to push her head down for a blowy. And here's my thing with blowies. If it is my idea or if I get excited at the idea that you get excited that I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, game on. You push my head. I'm out. I'm fucking out. Yeah. Which maybe is why no partner has ever forced me down that path. Because look at me. Because you're a keeper. I'm a keeper. You're a keeper. You're a trophy wife for sure. Or I'm confrontational <laughs> and we're in a private space. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, she finally says to him, which I think, you know, in my pro-sexness, my sex positivity So much of it is about communication and what it's hard watching sex in the city. You know, Zim and I talk about how this affected how we grew up. Zimmy, how old were you when you started watching sex in the city? I think I was like 17. Okay. I think I was like 19 or 20. I was definitely a couple years into college, um, but had not yet had sex. I was still watching it when it was like on HBO where I had to wait for an episode. I don't know. I don't remember if it was still on air when I started watching it. No, I think it wasn't based off how time works. <laughs> and my age. And your age. We fucking get it, Brett. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but this is one of, so one of the things that I really love about Sex and the City is that it opens up the ability to talk about sex, makes it less taboo. I type sex into the Amazon web bar and I'm not expecting any weird surprises Mm -hmm. i'm only expecting carrie bradshaw to show up in this moment charlotte's finally having open and honest communication about her preferences for sexuality Mm -hmm. and what i love about this moment is she says she doesn't like giving head and he's like you'll learn to like it which is the most misogynistic bullshit gross and she walks out on him i mean she gives him like the you're gonna give up somebody who could be your future children's mom or whatever, which blah, whatever. Mother of your children. Classic Charlotte move. But I love that as a woman, she expressed her needs and then held her boundary and walked out on him. He did not get to control that aspect of her. Absolutely. As as much as we talk about the uh, differences in maturity levels and the relationships and carry and any sort of codependency that exists there, this is a show that in our formative years talked about sex in open an open and honest way and we're seeing people who women living in new york city who are professionals who are setting boundaries for themselves Mm -hmm. and deciding how they feel comfortable in their sexuality whether that Mm -hmm. is pro or not pro or whether they change their mind throughout the episode Mm -hmm. and i think that that is incredibly powerful yeah i at this time when i watched the show for my first time i was not yet sexually active And I remember being so afraid of the pressure of a blowjob, like in high school on the bus, you know, you're hearing so many things about what that looks like and how that is and how do you give a good blowjob? Because 
as a girl in a heterosexual relationship, you better be able to give a bang and blow job. Mm-hmm. It was so nice to know that maybe people don't like it and they get to express that. And it's not a mandate for women. Right. It was great. So bravo, Charlotte. Bravo, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, while they're discussing all of this, they decide to head out of the restaurant and Samantha spots big And Big is having a date with a brunette woman. And, well, we don't know it's a date initially, but it certainly looks kind of like a date. So Carrie goes up to say hi to him in a really friendly way at first, only to learn that it's a date thing. Which I kind of get. The restaurant doesn't seem like a sexy restaurant. No, I actually thought they were all really overdressed for how, like, upscale diner it looked. Right. Yeah. But... He didn't take her to that Chinese restaurant. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then Carrie awkwardly says, may I speak to you? Which I can't imagine being the woman at the table and having somebody walk up and then pull the, it. like, even if it was Zimmy, even if you all came up and you saw her pink hair and you're like, I want to chat with you privately. I'd be like, what the, the <laughs> fuck? I'm at this table. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like, whoa, slow your roll. So anyway, she does it. And we all know I don't love big, but suddenly I'm like, I don't know. I'm pro big on this one. And who wants conflict in the middle of a restaurant? No, I am a pretty confrontational person, but I do not want to be confrontational in other people. That is a at home. No one needs to know where I'm comfortable. I will fucking pretend. And then you will get the ice glare. I think, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I think if I see big or the person that I'm dating with another woman at dinner, I will, I would have just stewed yeah privately and imagined all the worst case scenarios and uh she's going to spiral a little bit more with miranda over dinner Mm -hmm. oh yeah listeners if you can't tell i'm a fairly dramatic person i've got a lot of feelings and i really know all the feelings oh how to express them Mm. never in a healthy way but always in an entertaining and dramatic way that's why we love you Britt. I hope. Um, But I would do the exact same thing. This would be my weekend. My weekend would be drinking my way through and shit talking. Yeah. So they're overanalyzing. They're drinking wine. And here comes Skippy. Okay. You thought we were getting rid of him, didn't you? We all know I wanted to get rid of him. (laughs) Okay. So this plot point is important. But let's just take a quick second and reality check that in 1998... What did we decide Skippy was? He's like 26 or 28 or something, right? Okay. So he's like a web designer. And he is walking down the streets with a cute woman who is the brand partner for Vogue magazine. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She has a great job. No. One, (laughs) no one our age gets those jobs anymore. Well, she's probably older. He dated Miranda. Two, why are these older, fantastic, incredibly driven women attracted to Skippy? I'm in, man. I am in. Skippy, if you're out there. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. But this does lead to one of my other favorite, like, humor moments in the first season where Miranda calls him up because, you know, she's clearly having the, like, what the fuck? He found somebody cuter and hotter and now he's so attractive and, like, I want to get back in that. She's super jelly. She's so jelly. God, I'm never going to say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't feel good coming out? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm in my early 30s. I'm not in my early 20s. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So she calls him 
And we, the viewers, know that they are having what sounds like great sex, honestly. Mm -hmm. So maybe his D is really good. (laughs) In which case. Yeah, probably. You know, last episode, we all discussed how much I have my like, you need two out of three. You have to be. Yeah, you either need to be cute or you need to be funny slash intelligent or you need to be good in bed and you need to have two of those three. Right now, my understanding is Skippy is good in bed. Oh, so you're jumping on the Skippy train now? Back no, off, bitch, he's mine. That's only one. It's only one. <laughs> but maybe these other women don't have as high of expectations as I do. I need you to have two. Okay, so they're banging. They're banging. It sounds great. And you can hear Miranda over the answering machine, which is just, I am I really am glad that we don't have answering machines anymore. Thank <laughs> fuck. Also, I'm really glad people stop leaving voice messages. I don't. I leave them all the time. I know you do. <laughs> uh, that okay. was a subtle hint for our own friendship listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. It's a dying art form. He answers the phone. I know. He While having sex with this woman, a person who works for Vogue, who is so much better than him, while having sex with him, he answers the phone. Miranda says, hey, I'd love to get together. And he breaks up with her while still inside of her. This is so fucked up. (laughs) I I can't imagine. Like, I definitely get the your ex calls and you jump. You know, I get that. Mm-hmm. way to ruin a moment yeah there's um no good time in the sexual experience to answer the phone ever no no yeah but this shows like how obsessed he is with miranda <sighs> that he did this and he i wish you guys could see my liz lemon eye roll that i just did it was pretty epic it was so big okay um with that being said uh big and carrie go to a party meanwhile so she's going to this party. Big is like... A big fancy uptown party. Yeah. Uh, everybody's wearing suits. These are Big's friends. This is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it's a big deal because I... And I almost... So they act like they had already had this planned, which in the world of dating, I think that is a bigger sign than the fact that he went out to dinner with a woman, which will come back to my argument because I will end up, spoiler alert, arguing for pro dating Mm, essentially mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but i feel that when you're dating and you bring somebody into like a circle whether it's an inner circle or just like acquaintances whatever that's a pretty good sign but naturally carrie's in her element of spiral right she's not hearing or seeing anything she's got like tunnel vision Mm -hmm. she has something that she needs to resolve and she hasn't resolved it yet and then of course all of the guests of this party perpetuate that Oh, my God, Max, when he's like, Julia. Okay. <laughs> Zim. I would, I would be pissed, too. Have you ever been in that moment where you're either on the receiving end or you're Max in that moment where you say the wrong name to somebody? No, I have not been the Max in this situation. I have. I think I may have been the Carrie in this situation, though. Mm. Yeah. With parents. Oh. And they didn't, yeah, they didn't realize that I was not the person that apparently their son had been talking about extensively. So I have been that person. (laughs) So Carrie's pissed. Carrie's pissed. And And walks out on big. I would be embarrassed and I'd probably walk out too. Yeah. And go to a fabulous party. And so she goes to meet Jared in Stanford at the 30 under 30 party Mm -hmm. where then she goes crazy. 
Yeah, she calls him from the party to As explain what's happening. This the is so 30 under bad. 30, Jared is like, oh my God, I think I'm in love with you. You are so funny. You are so fantastic. Here are all these compliments. Will you go home with me? And she's like, hold on. Let me get my passive aggressive on. Except it's actually just aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a third strike for me if I'm big. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bitch, you cray. Yeah. Yeah. I am anti-big. <laughs> If we haven't established that, I don't love big. I don't think it's a healthy relationship at all. However, in this moment, if I were big, I'd be like, no, Mm-mm. this is too much. Yep. And this is coming from a dramatic ass person. And yet he really likes her because he goes to pick her up from the party, whether it's because he's a gentleman and doesn't want her to like go home drunk or be out and drunk or whatever, or he's really into her. Oh. He goes and meets her at the party. Or it is because he is controlling and hyper masculine and wants to claim his that's i don't mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see big's character continues to unfold so he shows up and carrie asks her which asked three him, in the morning three o'clock in the morning this is a big deal i she asked him which i think is really sweet this is my one of my favorite lines in this season yeah don't you want to stand still with me it is it's very sweet i actually had a moment i know i just talked a lot of shit but i had a moment watching that where i on, sat on the couch watching this and i was like I'm so happy my person chose to stand still with me. Yeah. Even though I'm about to argue for dating, I had a moment where I was like, I understand this desire so intensely. Yeah, you you identified with her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it feels good to have that person put their arm around you or to show up in that vulnerable space. And while we all know I think there's problematic aspects about this relationship, this moment... I feel this moment. This is why I'm going to crush you in our next segment. Getting dirty. Uh, Zimmy. Yes, Britt. Are you ready for what I know is your favorite part of this next episode? I'm so ready. Her favorite part's really sex part, but I'm going to pretend it's this one because I know this is going to be a hard challenge for her. I'm still really excited, though. Okay, good. So we're moving into our next segment called Getting Dirty. Getting Dirty. And here, we are going to debate the idea of monogamy. So I'm going to do the pro. She's going to do the con. Okay. We're going to put a minute on the clock. I'm putting one minute on the clock. Oh, am I starting? Yeah. Okay. Are you ready, Brett? Oh, yeah. Ready and go. So I am pro dating. And in this episode, this is one of the few times that I sit on big side. I truly believe that relationships are all about open communication. And here's where maybe I can kind of sit on Carrie's side because you should be clear. But dating, when you haven't had the conversation about exclusivity or what that looks like, especially in today's America where everything is online, dating is fluid. And unless you're ready to put down those boundaries, you should enjoy dating. I came out of a really long-term relationship and didn't know how to be casual, didn't know how to just like go on a date with a dude. And I gave myself my own personal goal to do so. And it's one of the best things I've ever done for myself. I learned who I was. I learned what I wanted in a partner. I got to have fun. I didn't have to worry about anybody else's expectations because it was all about me and what I was looking for in that world. Okay. That's your time. Good. I feel confident with that. That was a that was a great argument. Yeah. I lived that argument for a handful of years and they were really good. And now I am both a better person and partner because of it. Uh, do you think you can compete? I'm going to try. But I'm going to put it on the clock and she's going to have to fumble in front of y'all anyway. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. One, two, go. So I would like to mention that the definition of monogamy is 
not what we're talking about in this episode. Monogamy is the practice of or state of being of married being married to one person at a time. This is we're talking about single relationships here. Mm. Either way, I think once you've committed to a person, which is great because you you feel more connected to that person, you're more open to that person, you can be more vulnerable with that person, spend all of your time uh, making that relationship better. I think once you do that, it is really difficult to continue to do that with other people. I feel like it is too hard and it's also hurtful to someone who may be attached to you as well. And mm, I think she's the, arguing for Skippy here. I'm arguing. I'm arguing that if you put too much, if you fill your life up too much with complex relationships, you are not going to be giving 100% to any of them. Time. Okay. Uh, now we will ask each other one question. Shoot. Uh, do you have a question? Because I do. Go. Okay, good. Uh, with that being said, yes, in a monogamous relationship, you get to get that level of intimacy. But how do you figure out you in that level of intimacy? How do you not get lost with the other person? How do you not continue to hold on to your own individual identity when monogamy is your goal? That's a really good point. And I think it's a constant, you have to constantly work at it and ask yourself if you are shining in that relationship. I don't think that you can rest on monogamy as the be all end all, mm. to be fair. Mm. So have you ever dated multiple men at once? I have. And did you feel okay or bad about it? I Did the show teach you to feel fine about it? <laughs> I felt fine about it and was confident in it. However, doing having done both, I think that I am a better person. Listen. Oh, she's about to she's about to double tap my argument, y'all. She's about to double tap. I am. <laughs> I am loyal I to Woody. a fault. Mm, this is true. As a friend of hers, this is a true statement. <laughs> it has been a problem in the past where I have blinders and I'm like, "No, this is the path that I set out on and I need to stick with it. I have dated multiple people at the same time. And I can I can tell you right now that it was a stress that was not worth the outcome mm, for okay. me. Okay. Personally. Do you have a question for me? I do have a question for you. And it's maybe not a question that uh, undermines your argument. My argument's perfect. Thank you. It was a great argument. Oh, My man, question, that's the first time I've gotten that from her this season. <laughs> When do you decide to make the decision to date one person or do you? Are you arguing oh. for always dating multiple people? Okay. I think this is so valid. Um, I think what we what this episode doesn't touch on is that there are personalities that are monogamous. They go from relationship to relationship to relationship. I have a lot of friends like that. Um, I have a, some of my closest friends are that way. Mm -hmm. And I, as the friend, just get used to like, okay, well, guy A left. Hello, guy B. You're going to be here for the next few months slash years. Cool. Sure. We'll see if you stick around. Uh, with that being said, I don't consider myself a serial monogamous. I've had two very serious relationships and a handful of smaller, semi-serious things in between. With that being said, I, I don't know how to make this about other people. So in my experience... 
I couldn't figure out how to go on a date and not have that person just want to go home and pull out the popcorn and put on our bad jammies that aren't sexy and watch whatever the fuck show we're really into. Sex in the City. Yeah, right, basically. <laughs> um, I think actually at the time it would have been more like a 30 Rock of Sorts, which, sure, you know, still good. But um, it, I went on a date with a dude and I was like, well, if we're not if we're both doing nothing, why don't we do nothing together? Mm-hmm. And I remember that was such an alarming thing for him. Mm. And it was my first realization of, I don't know how to be casual. When to actually answer your answer, your question, when do you know there was <laughs> two people <laughs> at the same time, uh, not sexually sexy. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> sexually separately. Uh, anyway, there were two different people. When and- you were banging two dudes at the same time. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yo, your girl had a good single life. Continue. Um, dating, banging, that's all the same. I clearly am a Samantha. God damn it. I want to be a Miranda. You've been fighting uh, it so hard. I, <laughs> anyway, uh, I very vividly remember being into both dudes, sure. Um, but both dudes being into me and then feeling so strongly about one. Mm. Um, that one is my current partner. Oh, but I definitely remember the moment of realizing that I felt guilty for dating somebody else. Mm-hmm. So if I were big in this episode, you had such strong feelings for one person I did. than the other. Okay. And I could tell that they both had strong feelings for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't be this person. Okay. Dating prior to that, I had never had a moment where I felt guilty mm-hmm. for dating. Because everybody felt like they were all dating. We all felt like we were on the same page. There had never been an explicit conversation around exclusivity or what that would look like. And then did you communicate that with one or the other? Uh, one that I'm dating <laughs> and then communicated that just to me. ghosted the other. Oh, he communicated to you. Listeners, uh, if any of you know my current partner, he said the cutest thing to me. He's going to die that I'm putting this on the podcast. <laughs> but I have no shame. So everything's <laughs> fine. Uh, he said, cards face up. I really like you. And I hope that we can do something more here. And I was just oh vulnerability, man. I'm a sucker for vulnerability. That's so good. So with that being said, I do support dating. But then there's a moment where you know. Okay. That was such a long-winded personal answer. No, but it was so good. We've learned so much about ourselves in this episode. I know. Go on to, <laughs> go on to the poll and, and tell us what you think. Yes, I would be curious too. like, I think it's really easy if you're in your 30s or if you've been in a serious relationship for a long time to be like, well, obviously I'm pro monogamy. But what I would like to know is more on the level of dating. Like I'm, as Zimmy mentioned, this show is not actually talking about the true definition of dating mm-hmm. or of monogamy. So I want to know, like, are you, do you agree that we should date one person at a time, whether that's casually or seriously, or do you think it's a free-for-all. Are you a Brit Riser banging multiple people at the same time? Right. Also, Brit and I are talking about post-colonial Western thought of monogamy. We're yes. completely forgetting uh, cultures that are polygamy-based and have always been polygamy-based. And sure. we want to hear your thoughts on that because clearly we don't know. I don't. I would not consider myself an expert in those cultures. We're just talking from our own experience. So tell us what you think. Our next episode or our next segment is called Sexpert, but the reality is I don't think I'm an expert in it. We don't know. We, we don't know. know nothing. We know shit. But we made a podcast and you listen to it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. 
listener. We love pretty things. Do you? I bet you do. Our newest sponsor is Reverie Floral, a custom floral and design shop located in Denver, Colorado. The shop focuses on large events and weddings and rad floral installments. Reverie's a big fan of us. We're a big fan of you. So obviously, this is a match made in flower-filled heaven. Check them out at reveriefloral.com or on their Insta at reverie underscore floral and revel in the pretty with us. No more margaritas for bread. No. That's what we're learning. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because they're really good. Brit. Yes. Are you ready for sex, Bert? Uh, considering I am the reigning champion of this, yeah. yeah. And I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good because I feel like I've nailed this episode. So I'm like riding high. I'm ready to keep this going. I am losing so badly that you would think that I would be dreading this, but I really do love it. You know, because we're learning. Are we? I learned about Morocco. I can't remember anything else. Morocco. I, I feel like I'm learning. You're going to learn some shit. I'm, you know, pro shit learn. Here, Zim and I are kind of battling on trivia, whether it relates to the episode or Sex and the City in general. She's convinced we're not going to run out of trivia. I am convinced I'm already out of trivia. Brit, there's but there's so I keep much knowledge this. out there. But I keep winning. So I'm going to let her do this because I like <laughs> I like it when you stroke my ego. I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh-huh. Uh, and at the end of this, at the end of the season one, Zimmy will be buying me a bottle of sparkling rosé and and we'll enjoy it together it won't really be a losing moment for anybody because we're gonna drink it together right everybody wins and then y'all are gonna be like these bitches are drunk (laughs) maybe that's why they listen okay are you ready number one brit okay i need your game face i'll close my mouth (laughs) i know you've been okay brit's been drinking tequila (laughs) samantha in the house baby i need you to focus (laughs) According to a study by the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Oh, UNC Greensboro. That has a special place in my heart. The divorce rate of couples is reduced to 30% if you wait to commit until what age? Okay. I bet it is 31. You know, if I had been asked this question, I probably would have gone into the 30s as well. But I'm going to give you a hint. It's much lower than you think. Wow. Okay. In that case, I think it's 27. Still wrong, but closer. Uh, it is 23. No. Mm. Okay, well, one. Yeah, fucking dumb, dumb 18 to 22-year-olds. No offense if you've gotten married, except for uh, maybe a little offense, because again, I'm the pro-anti-monogamy side. <laughs> or I'm the anti-monogamy side. Uh, but yeah, no, they a bunch of dumb, dumb children. That I would know, never I would have made I would have chosen much higher. What but year was a study produced? 2014. Wow. So still on the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to lose. I don't feel good about this. (laughs) So number two, according to a 2005 study by the University of, and I'm going to fuck up this name because I'm not Italian, Pavia in Italy. Hmm. How long does it take for the chemical called nerve growth factor, which is associated with intense romantic feelings to fail or start to fail? Okay, this one. is this is called the honeymoon phase. There's okay. a, there's a I chemical. Like, I don't know what we just asked. Let me <laughs> yeah, let me clarify. Back up, bitch. There, Back up. <laughs> there is a chemical that is released, and it's called the honeymoon phase. People people it's refer not a serotonin. to serotonin. 
as the honeymoon phase. And according to the study, it's called the nerve growth factor. How long does it take for that to wear off? After you've gotten married. Ooh, after, how long does it take to wear off after you've met somebody? Oh, met somebody. Okay, that's really different. It wasn't, it wasn't actually, um, it wasn't actually specified in this, in this study. This question sucks. I'm <laughs> <laughs> about to fight her on this question. Oh, no, no, no. After you've met somebody. After you've met somebody. Okay, in that case, I will, so my immediate thought was seven months. Um, but I think that after you've met somebody is probably three months. Okay. Three months. I think you're probably thinking seven because people refer to the seven year itch. No, I don't know what a seven year itch is. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) you are incorrect. It is one year. It takes Hmm. one year for the nerve growth factor or that chemical reaction to start to fail. So I would be curious to know more because in one year, you're also, I said three months because like the honeymoon phase that like Carrie at the beginning of this episode is such a fleeting moment. And then you spend a lot of time just trying to figure out if you like each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're spending a lot of time being like, do we have the same values? Uh, How do we spend Sundays together? Do you meet my friends? My friends like you. And Mm -hmm. so it's interesting that that's taken to the one year mark because I took that as a very like gut visceral physical reaction. I've had someone be like, we've, we've been together for like seven and a half months though. I think if you're doing the half year the half month you're in the you're in some sort of chemical reaction all right that's fair there's also i mean this would explain a lot of the shorter engagements that we encounter when we're like wait a second you're still dating kaylee and now you're dating sarah what the fuck what the fuck yeah those were generic names i pulled out of my asshole number three as reported by megan garber of the atlantic a one-year discrepancy in a couple's age a study found makes it 3% more likely to divorce when compared to their same age counterparts. How much more likely are you to split with a 10-year difference? I'm looking for a percentage. Explaining that age discrepancy is a factor in divorce. Okay. In that case, with a 10-year difference, we're basically looking at Big and Carrie right now. Mm-hmm. Because we know Big is like in his early 40s. Mm-hmm. We know she's somewhere in her early 30s. Yes. I will go with 42%. Oh my goodness. That's really close. I'm going to give that to you. It's actually 39. Wow. Yeah, but I'm going to give that to you. Thanks. I was actually going to say 37 and then I felt like that was like too optimistic. No, that's good. Yeah, about 40% more okay. likely. Wow. Interesting. Uh, have you ever dated anybody with... What's the largest age difference you've dated? Um, oh, well. <laughs> I see shame on her face. Let's see. Let's hear what it is. All of the people that I have dated have actually been younger. Oh. Yes. We got ourselves a little black widow here. Mm-hmm. Maybe a kooka. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I have a weird thing about age and I've only dated, I think the oldest I've dated past me is maybe five years. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty common to like even go like 10 to 15 years. No, I feel like we're in way too, uh, that in my personal opinion, I feel like, like I'm 33 now. I have no idea what a 43 year old's thinking about. We, we've talked about this in a previous episode where mm-hmm. people who young, date substantially younger Fucking people. skipper. <laughs> I guess, I guess it was me that we were talking about. No, um, 
But that's it. That's our episode. That's our episode. Uh, tell us things that aren't us talking. We definitely want to hear from you. We definitely want to hear your opinions. Engage with our social media and we need your support. As every podcast you've ever listened to has told you. So support us, please. Yeah. If you like us, uh, go on Apple Podcasts and like and subscribe because we... Same with Stitcher and Spotify. We love you and we want you to be around for the whole thing. Yeah. Don't you want to know how our relationships unfold and every... Like whether we're pro or anti blowjobs? Exactly. This is like, wouldn't you want to know this this is really important information to know so like and subscribe funky spunk <laughs> is brought to you by a vague idea podcast network and recorded at steno denver you can listen to funky spunk at apple podcast spotify stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and what should people do if they have questions for the show brett they should email us because somebody checks that email <laughs> yes <laughs> one of us definitely checks that email funkyspunkpodcast at gmail.com or slip into our dms mm-hmm. or reach us out to us separately because yeah our, i um, check my separate stuff reach out to us separately i'm at miss zimmy and i'm at Britastrophe double t double e it's like catastrophe but my name in it boom and we will be back next week with another amazing episode from sex in the city thanks for listening guys tequila more wine goodbye